Yes, 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 yes. Paul can keep it the magical sword now. episode seven i'm here with lucas hello lucas hello and we're going to talk about well a couple of things but first of all i thought lucas and i could talk about parker's leveling up yes that sounds good and you've made an interesting decision why don't you tell me about your interesting decision um credit where it's due it was actually your idea well it was a, I, it was just a suggestion yes and then i went away and looked at it so basically parker is a monk and the key thing about the monk is you know, the flurry of blows, being able to basically do several unarmed attacks. And as you go up in level, they get better. And then you get acrobatic skills and you're basically, you know, a pummeler. But the only problem with the monk is that when he's at first level, actually, he's a bit pants, really. <laughs> um, we discovered. And yeah. then you only actually get the flurry of blows thing when you're second level, um, yeah. which is also really silly and then um all of these other things only really come along until you're like second third level where yeah. you can do deflect missile and that kind of thing well because third level is the um, magic level in a lot of dnd fifth edition class yes uh, precisely yeah okay so the so, problem of course was getting there because <laughs> <laughs> you you came a cropper in the fight against the wolves and you well, came a cropper yeah. in the fight against madam watch yeah so yeah. basically trying to be a fighter madam watch so trying to be a fighter and then basically having your hits and then being trashed was a bit silly really right so your suggestion was well why don't you take a level of druid yes and then basically as a first level druid you get some nice extra things but there are some synergies between druid and monk yeah well first of all there's some synergies because so you can do basically you can do the shillelagh spell which allows you to basically power up a quarter staff yeah yeah and then of course with your unarmed strike your offhand that actually gives you quite a good attack without actually having to get into the whole flurry of blows thing gotcha the other thing is as a druid you get cantrips and spells in your uh, first level. Whether or not, I mean, I'll have to make another decision when I get to third, when I get when we yeah. go up another level, because yeah. then you have to think about: do you do take another level of druid, another level of monk? Yeah. You know, you can. There's all sorts of things you can do. But the point is, is that actual facts they work quite well together because you can use monk attacks, druid spells, then you get a good range attack as well. So it means if you're like if you're not in this position where you're thinking, I'm still at the front as a fighter, then you can drop back and do range spells. Did you load wisdom when in at first level? Did you load wisdom when you built the character? Uh, I did, yes. Because, because in actual fact... The, that's good. Yeah. Because of the armor class bonus. That's correct. And the thing about Monk is, in actual fact, the, the way to load a Monk is to load him with dexterity and wisdom. Because you use dexterity with monk weapons for, for to hit, yes. off, don't you? If you Google Druid Monk, there's lots of discussion about it. So right. in actual fact, it's quite an interesting uh, multi-class. And one of the things that was really appealing is actually as a first level Druid, you get quite a nice set of spells. So yes. 
if you're going to be a druidy druid, then you'd probably take different spells. But what I did for uh, the monk was obviously you can take a cure wounds. Yes. Um, and then I've taken basically uh, long strider, which allows you to increase your speed. Yes. So you can sort of power yourself yes. up quite nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And then you basically you have, and then I've basically taken cure two cures. So I've taken a cure wounds. Yeah. Which is the standard, and then there's also a healing word, which basically gives you another one d four, which of course means that not necessarily you're not going to be a party healer, but if you're in a melee, it gives you the opportunity to uh, heal yourself. So have you taken anything outrightly offensive? Yes. So basically, distinguished between the spells and the cantrips. So that's those are the first level spells, and then mm. the offensive ones are basically taken in the cantrips. Because you can do, um, so I've taken um, Shillelagh, which, which is very good. And then the other one you can do as a druid is produce flame. And the nice thing I liked about this, and obviously we, it's not tested in combat yet, we'll see, is when you produce flame, it basically it's a flame in your hand. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, yeah. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> so you've got two options. The thing is, it does damage if you hit somebody with it. Yeah, yeah. So of course, yeah. if you do produce flame in your unarmed strike then the first time you do a hit it adds damage or if you're moving away you can use it as a ranged weapon as well that seems quite transformative to me yes i think of... i mean it's certainly i was i was starting off thinking i'd want to do the monk um i think i will still probably carry on as the monk because i was interested in doing a 5e monk um yeah. okay so the other thing about parker but... uh, i was going to ask you is why is he such a peculiar little unit <laughs> his head is pointy and his eyes light up when he speaks yes and he right. doesn't seem to and be gifted in the art of social interaction no to be honest really i should characterize everything he says in some kind of accent without um like sort of a pulp european kind of vampire movies all of those yes. kinds of threads and, and ideas and, yeah. and re removing personal pronouns <laughs> yeah. removing the definite removing the definite article basically. he's had a, he's had a prononoctomy uh yes. yeah okay uh, <laughs> okay so basically you just say string nouns together and yeah. then put a verb at the end yeah and then point and, uh, and then get killed by a wolf um yes, brilliant nice. excellent uh thank you lucas that was a very interesting thank discussion you. one thing that's very helpful for us by the way is if you uh, give us a rating or a review on your podcast app of choice apple podcast or stitcher or spotify or whatever and to subscribe uh, helps us as well we're going to push on now without further ado with episode seven papa don't preach He's our man. Yes, the best one, best in the land. Yes, the best one, the best one, the best Right. I don't know that that is a massive success. Eve! Eve! Salway! Ave! This podcast is brought to you courtesy of, what is it? Hawkshead Windermere Pale Ale, and it's most delicious. 2016 Rioja. Oh, I've got soda streamed double filtered tap water. Graham, I'm drinking Cockfab. Ah, I'm drinking Cockwad. Cockfab. Mm, that sounds. How's that? Okay. Mm, Cockfab. Mm, yeah.
It's a no. Swiss German don't, beer. Don't touch your webcam on, please. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the lucky boy? Nobody wants to see that. Uh, hello, we're back. We're playing uh, again. Uh, at the end of last uh, session, talked about heading back to the Whispering Cairn to uh, recover the head or the body or proof that you've killed Madam Watch. I can't do the voice. I think you have to do the voice. I think that's... Madam Watch of the Lodge. Madam Watch from the Lodge. of the Lodge. And the idea of that... Which Lodge is it, by the way? Well, there's a very deep and... Is there a special handshake? There's a deep and rich backstory. Oh, that I won't share with you now. The Lodge of Madam Watch. If we collect the head, we have it. We don't have to use it, but we have it. That's true. Um, if we wait a week, the head might not be there. That's a good what? point. Yeah. Okay, let's go done. and get the head, and then we can cross the, cross that bridge. Right, so Mike, we're going to get the head. Okay, so it takes you a day to get there. You get to the Whispering Cairn in the late afternoon, mid-late afternoon of the following day, which is Asthma Day. Things are pretty much as you left them. The lanterns that you had lit using your own torches have gone out. The green lantern at the top of the sinkhole is still flickering away because there's something in there that just seems to keep going, like the Duracell bunny. Have a burning flame. Um, the torch, elevator at the end of the yellow passageway is up. Is up, and the doors are open, and there is no sign of your friend Digger. Mm -hmm. But the bodies are exactly as you left them. Nothing's been disturbed or touched. Okay. Okay. Hack off her head. Stick it on. Why don't we just hit the whole body? Does she have um does she have a distinctive weapon or an item of jewelry or she has no, she's kinda of got scrabbly, very weathered uh crap, uh studded leather armor. Uh she had really like, a few coppers, some kind of biltong beef or mutton. It's the and head. And she had a scimitar. Uh, and that's basically what she had. It's the head or the body, or, mm -hmm. or the head and the body. But I, I think we just... you take the whole body. Yeah, we can always take the. We can deal with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Take the whole body. Isn't there a preserve life thing type thing or preserve stop things from rotting? It's about minus. It's about minus seven or eight degrees. It's snow on the ground. She's in a cave. It's fine. You're going to be fine with that. I, I presume you kind of weather the night in the shelter of the cairn. Uh, nothing happens. I mean, all the little whispery voices are quite spooky, but nothing else occurs. We sing a song to keep ourselves um, entertained. What song what you sing? And I've then the... the uh, <laughs> um, the, on the... On Urt, you head back into town, down the company road. It's been uh, snowing kind of quite significantly now, but the road is passable. Uh, as you head back into town, you've got scudding dark clouds with the occasional patch of sunlight. Uh, somebody make a perception check as you near the town. Do, 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 do. 15. Uh, you notice something, uh, Burple. Dun, dun, dun. You notice that the, the Autumn Runner, which is the ship run by Durkin that uh, Grimbold crews on, um, uh, for the for the occasional copper, is back. It was gone when you were in town before. Uh, effectively, knocking on for 48 hours later, it's back. You can see uh, its masts. You can see it at the old pier. Oh, I might go and say hello. Okay. 
Um, I'll leave you to draw your own conclusions about what that might mean. And as you uh, head into town, you sort of see straggling columns of kind of very unhappy looking miners being kind of cajoled up the roads back towards the pit heads by angry pit bosses, kind of holding cudgels. And town is quiet. Ravens croak their way in spirals over the town. There is a cart with a couple of watchmen, two watchmen that you've not seen before, scouring for the bodies of miners that have died of exposure overnight, having got so drunk and falling over in the back streets. And that is pretty much the state of things. Everything is very quiet. The vein is very quiet. That's the main, ta- uh, the main uh, road through town. And uh, uh, what are you doing with your body? Uh, we're going to put a stick up the back of the clothing and, with, and some strings, attach some strings to the wrists. Yes. And then use it like a puppet. Ooh, like a ghost. <laughs> Grimbold, Grimbold needs somebody to go up the front and fight, doesn't he? So. Can, you, can you do the ventriloqu- ventriloquism as well? Got the gear, got the gear. <laughs> yeah, really bad ventriloquism. Just give me the lantern. I am the I am the ghost of Madame Wachowski Lodge. Can we say that you, you, you slump it over the back of one of your mules and cover it in a blanket? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's a little bit more realistic. Uh, and you can head into the Mr. square Sensible. where. Everything is just... Yeah, sorry, you're Mr. Boring. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> it's quiet. Uh, there are a couple of people kind of uh, have collapsed in kind of on the front steps of the feral dog. They're clearly not dead, otherwise the other watchman would have picked them up. The light is fading and there's the cawing of crows. There's one thing, though, just around the corner from the main square, round the side of the Temple of Tonge, you can hear what sounds like kind of murmuring and shouting and a strident voice. Sounds like somebody's preaching or something. Uh, you can just hear it as you come down the hill into the main square. It's sort of tucked away out of sight from you, but you can hear, it sounds like a little crowd of people. I mean, you know, not many. And, and one voice kind of shouting. We'll go and check it out then. When you say shouting, you mean, you mean a preacher? A preacher, yeah. A man should lose his brother's hammer. Okay, so um, I want to go and check. Is there anybody on the veranda? Nope. There's nobody on the veranda. No, you can uh, make a perception check. Another perception check. Four. Okay. Yeah, baby. Any sign of lights on anywhere? Uh, well, there's yeah, there's lights on in the feral dog, but there's no sound oh, of kind of drinking or cruising from there. I got a 21 on perception. I get an 18 on perception. Okay, so what you guys with your decent perception checks uh, can determine is that there is drunken singing coming from inside the watch house. Right. I, I think we're kind of getting up to a point where this would be a good time to do this. I mean, it's it. You know that the watch house, that the jail, is basically used as a drunk tank over the weekends. Yeah. So it's not unusual for them to have kind of chucked a couple of particularly bad types into the cells and to let them dry out. So that might be what's going on there. And this voice, as you can hear, this voice, you can. Uh, you think that the 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 priest of Tonge is called Jiren Wirus, uh, and you think it's him. You think that's who's uh, preaching. Right, you don't. We don't think it's him in one of the cells, drunk. No. Okay, so um, I think we need to go in there, ascertain who is in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can do that ostensibly by saying, "Okay, where's where's Cubbins? We've we've 
got something for him, but we don't want to necessarily do it now. If he's basically all hung over and sleeping and pissed, then we don't want to. We want to wait till he's a bit more amenable. Uh, can uh, Sessions and Cuthbert both make perception checks? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I, I get a twenty. Uh, Sixteen, a twenty. I get a sixteen. Uh, you spot something. Both of you spot something. Uh, just passing by a window in the front of the feral dog, uh, you see the shadow of a figure, uh, and that figure you recognise as being Tira, one of the three travellers that you came here from Evenstar with Cuthbert, who Sessions misled about the location of the cairn that they were looking for. Oh. Uh, you don't think that she spotted you. You think that she sort of almost staggered past uh, a window and just a little bit of fortune. You saw her before she saw you. Duck out the way. Okay, duck mm. round a corner. Yeah, turn yep. my head and duck out the way. And duck round the corner. You, you find yourself round the side of the, uh, the jail and you're looking at this crowd of uh, worshippers. They're, they're beating themselves with, with uh, birch twigs. Cuthbert. And there's this chap, Jiren Weiras, the other guys know him, you've not seen him before. Kind of uh, grey, bearded, uh, I don't know, who, who's that guy? Who's that guy who's in um, um, uh, in Bruges, the Irish actor? Oh, um, that guy. He looks yeah. like that yeah. guy, kind of bearded, grey, kind of stocky. Uh, but uh, he's got one, one, one eye is like really sunken in, almost invisible in the pit uh, of its socket and the other is kind of outsized and bloodshot and he's he's kind of preaching he says dark times is coming writhing times the clouds will snuff out the sky and the dead will rise be ready be ready they stole away the luster of our holy mistress took it into the hidden realm and now they want to take us all down as well into the abyss be ready be ready Tonj can see into your secret hearts and I know what the eye sees it sees mendacity it sees greed and weakness you must beat it out of yourselves you must purge and the crowd will start kind of bellowing and self-flagellating and it will sort of fill swipes of blood kind of flash across the snow Brendan Gleeson Brendan Gleeson uh, and he's kind of he's kind of He's kind of got them in the palm of his hand, not literally, obviously, that would be crazy unless they were absolutely tiny. Uh, decency, honesty, self-sacrifice, that is what will keep the dead at bay. That is what will protect us from those that wait, not the brotherhood, not the corruption of government, not the cesspool of avarice that is even star. Only a purity in our inner heart can protect us from the darkness to come. And at this point, it's like there's a little break in the clouds and a shaft of sunlight picks him out and he throws forward his hood and his hood has got a single lens stitched into the front that kind of flaps down over his face. And he looks directly at the sun with this lens. Only the eye, he shouts. Only the eye of wisdom can seek it out in you. Purge yourselves, purge so that the eye may seek out the pure in your inner heart. And they all start beating themselves again and he rips open his kind of robes, starts Whacking himself across the chest of this kind of little leather and kind of metal switch. And this blood starts kind of splutling about. Nice. You're, you're like, oh, bloody hell, okay. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, that's what's going on around the corner, Paul. <laughs> um, Sounds uh, like a standard good yeah, chat. Yeah. Nice. It's a, it's a, you've got to spend, you know, you've got to find something to do on the 
on the Sunday. Well, not Sunday. On the cold Sunday, Sunday evening. Who would make that mistake? It sounds like a Friday night in Wallingford. <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, it's very nice. It's like Bunkfest. Yeah. Uh, Graham, you enjoy Bunkfest? Yes. Excellent. Bunkfest was excellent. Yeah, we can organise. Wholeheartedly commend it to the house. Was there oh, any nah. sk skipping ladies? <laughs> <laughs> There was the uh, Bangra dancing. Bangra dancing was, was very good. But no skipping ladies. No. I didn't notice any a, this year. an awful lot of Morris dancers. Oh, yes. I mean, quality. They were calling for you. Uh, uh, quality. Everywhere. What is the point of what? <laughs> Morris, Morris dancing. Why, why does it exist? Well, it's th brilliant. There is one reason that it exists, is that on Sunday, like in the Generation game, they get civilians to join in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking hilarious, I have to Next say. Next year, I'm there. Yeah. So this guy's been preaching, you're tucked around the corner, cuff button sessions in order not to be seen from the front of the pub. The other guys can mill about. Uh, the door of the watch house, Burple, is open, and you can't see anything in there. The door of the watch house is open? It's open, and you can see the, you can see the doors behind it that yeah. lead into the, cell, into the cell blocks. Uh, well, I'll go poke my head in. There's nobody in there. But the uh, the door through to the back of the building with the cells in it, is that got a, is that got a window in it? Uh, yeah, it's got one of those little windows with the with the little bars in it and a slidey thing. Go and peek through there. Okay, so you pull back the little aperture. Yeah. And you can see inside. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you've basically got an opening area with like a gr grating in it. There's a chair and a table. There's a there's a watchman sitting in that chair, fast asleep. With a bottle near him? He's got a bottle in his hand that's Excellent. kind of, yeah. And then there's singing coming from a couple of the cells round to the back of the left. That's where we, that's the, the situation that you see through that little hatchway. Okie doke. Um, you can see the door of Cubbins' office off to your left. It's just, yes. uh, it's about 15, 20 feet up the wall to your left. And it looks pretty solid. And it looks like, well, have, do you want to go over to it? Does it too have a window? No, it doesn't have a window. It's got um, uh, it's got a kind of double locking mechanism. It looks like it's got a lock, like an old school uh, mortise lock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it's got a loop of iron that comes out of the wall and goes into the door, and that's got a padlock closing it. The key to which is on Cubbins himself, I would imagine. You should imagine, if you could find him. Yeah, he might be asleep somewhere. Um, the might well be the wall itself. Okay, let, let me let me the clarify. Walls, the interior walls are wood. The exterior walls are brick. Okay, okay. So the windows into this room are only on the front of the building. Correct. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's, there are no windows into this office. In fact, there are no windows in the building apart from the one that's at the front of Cubbins's office looking out over the square clearly so that he can keep an eye on things like that like like the that captain in police academy does the lock look like it's of a nature that is a deterrent so like you'd put on a locker in a gym or something you know it's there to stop people trying to get in but you know if you put your mind to it you quite easily get in or is it a great big kind of lock you'd put on a something that was valuable closer to the latter than the former it's not right. like an award-winning lock it's not like <laughs> no, a, it, a great <laughs> exhibition it's not like a suitcase lock 
no, it's not a gesture. No, it's it's a yeah. proper, solid, old-school iron padlock. Yeah, that's what I wanted to understand. Uh, right. Do we have any spells that can get us through this lock? Anybody? 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 Mm, no. Like, uh, not really. Um, dust? Anyone? Dust? Dust? Anyone? Anybody? Dust? No. Anybody? Dust? This anybody? is actually very low, in fact. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so thoughts that occur to me. Go and try Where's and get. The key? Yeah, yeah, well, the key is probably on on Cubbins is my is my thinking. The other alternative is to. Uh, so if the the square is abandoned, right? Apart from these flagellants. Uh, yeah, yeah. The flagellants are around the corner. Right. Uh, the the there it's yeah. The, the square is abandoned. The, I mean, the occasional insensible drunk-looking miner, yeah. and there's the occasional kind of altercation as one of these little pit bosses or pit marshals appears and kind of grabs somebody by the scruff of the neck and frog marches them away. Right. But but if but but in theory we could stand in front of the window. Okay. So so here's here's my thinking. Basically, when you cast the Mage Hand, I think you cast it within a certain distance of you, so within mm -hmm. 30 feet of you, right? So gotcha. otherwise, yeah. so in other words, we could cast it inside the room, the other side of the mirror, and get it to lift up the blind so that we can see into the room, right? That way we can then try and locate, and if we can see the, um, uh, the lantern, we can use another Mage Hand, or we can prop up the 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 blind to then grab the lantern get it to the other side of the window and then at an opportune moment, moment smash the window get the lantern out and leg it the other alternative is to go and try and find cubbins i bet he's got like keys around his belt and we're going to have to and he's snoring in <laughs> in his seat in the pub and we're going to have to try and relieve him of his key you know is that is that kind of scenario so I'm open to other suggestions, but those are my thoughts. I don't want to do anything dodgy like mage hands in police stations trying to steal stuff. You are such a wuss. <laughs> because I just think I just think the whole thing silly. I, I might get arrested. I've spent my life in this village. I don't want to, you know, I've got a reputation. Wait. Yes, you do. Reputation as a wuss. Right. What is your plan? No. The plan is you bloody stick the head in front of the guy and then negotiate. But the problem with that is that you negotiate for a lantern and then he goes, that lantern is valuable. Well, you don't. And he doesn't have the head then, you know. Well, oh, so we're going to. He's, he's gonna go give. Sergeant, he's gonna go give me the head. We're gonna go. No, he's gonna go. Right, you're nicked. No, yeah. uh, well, I'm sure we can come up with something more more sophisticated than that. No, we can't. We also say that, that that we're we're being employed by the Hesty Testipod. But then we'd have to agree with Hesty Testipod. That's the case. We were saying Hesty Testipod has a he's has a, a better chance of of getting the lantern. So he is the best pod. Yeah, he is. That's <laughs> he is right. Yes, well, obviously, Hester we go and talk to Hesty Testipod. Get him to agree to negotiate. <laughs> it's Hesty Testipod that's going to, you know, get the lantern. Dan, yeah. Dan, do you want to? Do you want to try and nick this thing? I'm just saying it's a. It's a. Oh, I'm not going anywhere near you trying to nick that thing. I'm, just I'm up for nick it. Idea. Right. Okay. So what? What have you got that you can bring to the party? I think we should try and nick it as well. You you can try and nick it. I don't really fancy trying to nick it. Like I said, I okay. It doesn't need all of us. You can go up to the go up to Hesty Testipods and see if he's prepared to ask Cubbins for the 
Yeah, that, I, for I the don't mind doing that. Yeah, you go and do that. Meanwhile, yeah. we'll leave. All right. Yeah. So, Mike, I'm gonna we're gonna stand around talking. So, if there's a blind in there, I can summon oh, there's, it. There's shutters. There's wooden shutters. Oh, there's wooden shutters. What on the inside? On the outside of the window, there are. Oh, okay. I... We can open them. Yeah, we can open them. You want to give it a give it a go? Are they? I mean, yeah. Okay. We'll try. I'll try opening the surreptitiously opening the. I've got a good stealth. So if I roll a good stealth to try and you're going to try uh, and you're going to try and welly open the shutters. Well, open shutters, and I've also got. Are they locked in any way? Is there any kind of mechanism around them? You can't see a lock. If they're on the outside, they're going to have a probably going to have a mechanism either on the inside or the outside. Is it if it's going to be a like just a simple latch? But if they're shutters, they're also crowbar or any sort. Well, if they're shutters, it depends on whether they've got if they're kind of like um, flexible. Can you kind of wiggle them up and down? Or are they fixed? I will try and wiggle them up and down. Okay. Uh, nobody comes past. Well, they're shutters. They open like little doors. Yeah? Yes. So if I try... And I'm just going to roll a stealth check. Mm -hmm. make, uh, a, make a roll. Giving a 12. Okay. It's not the end of the world. And just seeing if I can open it. Open the shutters. So you're just kind of trying to get a finger into underneath them or something or whatever yeah. and just give them a tug. They're, they are sealed closed by something, but it doesn't feel like it's enormously strong. Your, if I look through the instinct, shutters... Your instinct is that... Well, you can't look through them, but your instinct is... Yeah, I see what your point. Your instinct is there must be some kind of flip catch or something on the inside. Exactly, that's what I'm looking for. Is there something where... Because the shutters, there'll be an uh, angle. There'll be an, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the slats across will be at an angle. Can I see up into them and see whether... They're just, the... they're just wooden boards, Paul. Isn't it more like you put your credit card between them and you flip it up? Exactly, that kind of thing. So can I get well, you've a... You've got, got your thieves' picks and tools. I do have thieves' picks and tools. Okay, so you need to make a, dex a dexterity sleight of hand check, or what is it? Anybody know? It's sleight of hand. Okay. I've got a sleight of hand check. Uh, so I'm just going to make another... Oh, 22. Okay, before you... Okay. Okay, so you take, you, 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 well, I mean, make, a, make, another, make another stealth check, Paul. So what, what, you're, what you're trying to do now is looking innocent, For the against the this. wall of the police station. You reach into your kind of belt pouch. You pull out one of your little slivers of metal or whatever it is that's part of your stuff, yeah? You try and yeah. do it surreptitiously. Okay, you, you, you don't do it that surreptitiously. And then you want to sort of, while nobody's looking, just kind of run them up in the gap between the things, see if you can flip a catch. Yeah? 22. 22 is good enough. You hit, you you hear a kind of ding, little ring of metal as something is flipped over, and you can and the, the the shutters immediately loosen. They immediately start to mm -hmm. open up. Okay. Do you want me to roll another stealth to see when I come want to open them? So very quietly. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. Ten. Just before yeah. he does this, Mike, yeah. can, can we just? There's no light. Okay. Behind the shutters. Uh, is there light behind the shutters? Uh, no. Good. So I don't can, think the padlock be on the door inside. If... Well, there might be light on always. So if you open yeah, the shutters, you'd just be broadcasting we'd open them. Fair point. We would notice that before we got too far. Yeah. No, no light. So, Paul, you, with, your, with your mediocre stealth check, you open the shutters. The shutters are now open. You're lucky because there's nobody really about paying particular attention. And you can see into the office... There are bars across the window as you're looking in. They're, mm. about, yeah. they're about two inches apart. 
Right. So not big enough to get the main channel. Top to bottom. A thing through. Right. No. Understood. You can see that there is a desk. Uh, there's a chair uh, against the far corner. Looks like it's Cubbins' chair. It's bigger than the other chairs. Yeah? Yeah. And there's a set of shelves on the left-hand side of the room mm -hmm. as you're looking in. And then there's a couple of what look like guest chairs. And you can see, uh, really, it's really obvious, just in the far left-hand corner of the room, tucked into the corner in between the shelves and the wall, lying in a pile of kind of other bits and bobs, there's like uh, a couple of um, uh, weapons, a couple of swords sort of tipped down, lent against the uh, wall, and you can see the lantern. It's just sitting there. It looks unloved. It doesn't look as if it's in perfect nick. He doesn't consider it terribly valuable. No, exactly. So somehow we need to convince him to give it to us without alerting him to the fact of its value. Or get the key. Or get the or key. Or get the key. Or get into yeah. the office. Yeah, yes. it, well, and get into the office. So. You've got thieves tools. Can you not pick locks? Uh, Disabled device or something. Possibly. What is the skill in this game? Well, um, let's, have a, let's have a quick look at that. It's dexterity, I think. Is it just yeah. dexterity? And you add your... Um, your plus two for the tools, I would guess. Plus like two for the tools, plus two for the for your proficiency bonus. Yeah. Um, I think that's basically it. So what does that give you, Paul? Plus seven. Plus seven. So if I give you guidance, which I've been trying to do several times, but you keep jumping in with the rolls... What does that you give can me? Roll an extra d4. Oh, so I roll an extra d4 on top. Yeah. Well, isn't what was the what's the thing where you where he does it at advantage of that stealth check, isn't it? That's a different ability. Um, right, gotcha. That is blessing of the trickster. Oh. This was just guidance, the cantrip. So uh, what I'll do is I'm going to roll this as a d20, then I roll a d4. Well, hold up. So you are you going? So you're going to go into the police station. To the door. That's the just thing. need to be absolutely clear about what's happening here. So you've got. The, are you closing the shutters? Yes. Remember, you only have to. You can elect to roll the d4 after you've rolled the d20. Okay. But before the result is no, no. Imagine it's. Yes, there. it might stay quiet. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, I'll yes. stay quiet. I'm just making a little roll here. Okay. okay. Uh, nobody's. Uh, no, the square is still quiet. You close the okay. shutters. Close you the shutters. Walk up across the veranda into the main yeah. office. Yeah. Sidle your way along to the lock. So you've got two mm -hmm. locks. You've got one which is a effectively a dead lock with the padlock. That looks like the tough one. And then there's another lock which looks standard. Okay. Well, let's roll the first tough one. Okay. I'm I inside the building now. You're inside the building. You're standing in the office, holding your breath to be quiet. You can hear the there. singing from the cell block. I'm presuming okay. that Burp will reclose the little uh, uh, yes. jailer's peephole into the um, into the cell block. Right. Okay. So you're just standing at the door, out with your thieves' picks and tools. Try the padlock. Give it a go. <sighs> Fucking hell. Twenty. Natural twenty. Okay. Well, it's it's just you just stand there, you just kind of manipulate a bit, and it's like, and it just kicks open. Well, that's what we need. So now you've just got the main lock to do. Okay, so I'll do that one now. 14, Four. and I'll take... Maybe you want to roll your and D4. And I'll take a D4. You'll take your D4. So that's 18. 18, uh, adding your... Is 14 in total, or 18 in total, or 18 with 18, bonus? 18 in total. 18 in total is enough, and it clicks open. Brilliant. The door goes... 
falls off its hinges, crashing through the table into the pile of musical instruments. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, okay, you're standing there in the doorway. You're standing in the doorway of the office. I just take the. Um, you reach in. It's lantern. just there. It's just. I just take it. On your right. Okay, so you reach in. And then lock the doors on the way out. Grab it. Yes. You want to try and relock the doors? Uh, yeah. Okay, well, let's try locking the first lock. The padlock should be relatively easy just to push padlock, shut. Padlock, you just click shut. This is just about getting the uh, the main lock closed. Okay, well, let's do that then. Oh, ten. Okay, Mediocre. That, you, you kind of, yeah, you kind of twitch at it a bit. You kind of try and click it. You're manipulating. It's just not going. You can't get to the tumblers. You could probably have another go at it. It's a question of how much time you feel you have. I will just give another quick go. One more go. No, it's really beyond you. Uh, with a four. Okay. Let's get the hell out of Dodge. This All right, just... You can slide the thing over and lock the padlock. Yeah, slide yeah. the thing over and yeah. lock the padlock. Yeah, yeah that's what I do. And then get out, out. Yeah, okay. get out. Okay, done. Potentially, okay. if we hid the lantern and we were to now ride noisily into town yes. with Madame Lodge, yeah. Yeah. we would create an alibi for ourselves. Correct, exactly. Oh, very nice. I like that. Yes. So you're, yeah. are you dispersing to your to your separate little hidey holes, or what, what are you doing? Okay, so so when when is Cubbins likely to to rise? When when are people likely to start kind of? Um, well, your guess is breaking that, up and oh well, I mean people people sleep through their awful hangovers all the way through Urt. You imagine that sort of. Uh, this is you've got here at about four in the afternoon. You, you can't imagine it would be too much longer before people start kind of picking their way about. Right. So if we, uh, so so what what we want to do is be seen coming back into town, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. So so yeah, we want wait. to pick a time right. when. Yeah. Okay. I got you. I I understand. So you wait until the lights start going on, that the establishments start opening up for Sunday business in the evening, uh, yeah. and you've got a few more people about. The miners have all been securely locked away in there, or or or, or kind of dragooned back to their to the pits for the next day's work to sleep off their uh, hangovers. Uh, yeah, and then you could arrive into town with some fanfare if you wish. I mean, you just basically head back, you do the whole thing completely in the open, and there are more people about. It's yeah. Six, yeah. It's dark. Um, curfew is about nine. Uh, but curfew is really not observed here because it's just a lawless place. Um, and you pass, there are passers-by, there are families, normal people out and about, sort of perhaps trying to enjoy themselves briefly while the miners are all, you know, uh, drunk or asleep. Mm -hmm. um, and you could you can parade your way into the ta into the s uh, central square. The feral dog seems a little bit more awake. There are a couple of drinkers outside, uh, kind of stamping their feet in the cold, and you can hear the sound of a bit of laughter from inside. Uh, there's uh, Wilmflow, the, the chap with the terrible sinus problem, is sitting outside the sheriff's office on his chair. He's back. He doesn't look particularly well. And you can hear the sound of kind of people moving about inside the jailhouse. Uh, your presumption is that maybe it's time to chuck out the drunks. So you can kind of hear the sound mm. of uh, doors banging and ch keys jangling and, and shouting and a bit of singing and a bit of uh, argument. It's on. a bit like a western, isn't it? We kind of pull up on our horses it's outside. West. It's basically Deadwood. Yeah. It's, yeah. Exactly. It's like with Madame Wodge slung over the back of a horse. Yeah. We um, kind of like pull up outside the, the, the jailhouse and we just mm -hmm. like, there we go. Okay. So, well, Wilflo is sitting there. He's like, it's you again. And it, it's you again. What do you want? His, we his cup is around. He's, he's in the pub. He's always in the pub. Ring your bell. 
I'm not waking him up. All right, we've. I just. I get off mind. my. I get off my horse, walk up, <laughs> and I pull the string. <laughs> what do you think? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Uh, it takes actually quite a while before a lone uh, constable pokes its head out of the, um, the front of the pub, looks over the, the, the square at you and will float on the balcony. And the rest of you kind of, uh, as it were, milling around around your horses. Uh, and he has a bit of a look and then you hear a shout from inside the pub. He's like, what is it? What the fuck is it this time? I ring the bell uh, again. And okay, and he's like, "Boss, boss, it's them. It's those, those, those geezers are back. Those geezers from the other day." And you hear a kind of, "Oh, God's sake!" Kind of, the kind of exertion of a very kind of uh, hungover person kind of getting to their feet. And Cubbins stands there, kind of in the door of the pub with the light behind him, and he's like, "Oh, for fuck's sake, it's you! Like, what do you want?" So I cut the rope that's tied around the horse so she falls to the ground. And I say, we've got a gift for you. And he just stands there, he just looks at the body, and he's like, well, I'll fucking never. Jamis, Jamis, come out. And this, uh, his deputy, this lady, comes out uh, behind him. Oh, it's Madame Roger de Lodge. She bloody, bloody, bloody well did do it. I thought I wouldn't die. I thought I couldn't have done it. And they come walking over, looking, he looks kind of bewildered. Um, his hair is sticking up on end. He reeks of alcohol, and he kind of stands slightly swaying, uh, in front of you, sort of just really slightly nonplussed as to what to say, just sort of looking down at this body on the snow. So, uh, I don't think there's a reward or nothing. No, no, it's we've just done our civic duty. Um, should we go in? Should we go inside? I mean, we don't need anybody to see this. I do mean, we? I think it, frankly, I mean, I don't know about you, Jamis. Oh, well, it was a great idea of yours, boss, to get them to go out and do it. It was a good idea of mine, wasn't it, Jamis? It was, it was a, great, a idea. great idea of yours. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, that's the thing. It's like we're short-staffed here. We, you know, we, we, we're a couple of men down. It's the busy time. I just thought, Jamis, send these little these lads out, see what they can do. And they've done it. Uh, I'm very pleased with myself. <laughs> well, then, you are a very clever man. Thank you very much. Well, I'm a clever uh, man. I'm a clever man. And I think I'm rightfully... Pre- um, we've, right. we've done it. We're well. flow. And the, the, the sinus boy gets up from the front. Get this... Uh, piece of shit inside my jail or whatever look at her and Wilflo <laughs> grabs her by the feet drags her into the jail with her head bumping up the stairs on the way up <laughs> <laughs> and Cobbins is like oh fucking paperwork I suppose it's going to be fucking paperwork anyway whatever anyway uh, look you lot uh, every now and again every now and again there's a little bit of work that comes up around here that maybe it's best that uh, you know unofficial like uh, I could do a bit of help with so uh, well, that's what we were hoping yeah, well, so things I haven't got nothing, nothing at the moment. The place is dead, and you know, sure. whatever. But uh, every now and again, yeah, I do need a little bit of help. And uh, I have to say, I think I might have been a bit wrong about you boys. You might be able to uh, help me out in the future. Cool, brilliant. Right, what's the plan? So we're going to go off to the cairn, mm-hmm. back to the cairn with our lads. Are you going to travel overnight, or are you going to wait until the next morning? I think we will wait till wait the morning. Until the morning. Okay. So the morning. Is it dangerous to travel at night? Well, it's just not the it's not the easiest. It's cold and you know whatever. Anyway, it's Moon Day. What's the month? Uh, Fumbulary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Moon Day, the seventh of Fumbulary, in the five hundred and ninety fifth year of the Brotherhood. Back or the seven thousand two hundred thirty first year of what? 
Which which Brotherhood? The Brotherhood of the Broken Staff, who are the Brotherhood that protect Evenstar from those that wait, <laughs> who uh, lie in wait for civilization off the edge of the barrier cliffs. Could we have a rest then? Yeah, you can take a rest. You can take a rest overnight. Can we take can a long I rest? Catch up with Durskin before we head off. Do. Has he got any news? I mean. Oh, young Grimbold. He smells, if anything, more awful than usual. And you can actually yeah. see the fleas hopping off him. That's all right. I'm used to it. Ah, oh, where, where have you been, young Grimbold? Never you mind. You missed out on a bit of a first mate's job over the last couple of days. I've taken some high rollers out on the other side of the lake. I don't think it was very satisfactory for them. Right. What were they doing? Well, they were looking for something or somewhere. I don't know. They kept themselves very much themselves. Lots of muttering. And then they headed off into the hills. They seemed to think that they were doing something ever so clever. But then they came back about, oh, I don't know. Uh, I stayed on the boat for a night or so. And they came back and they looked very downhearted and disappointed. And I brought them back. And they, they were basically going over to the Cairns as well, were they? Is that the direction? I mean, you know, there's Cairns all around Grimbold. And there was one in particular on the other side of the lake they seemed to be interested in. That's, that's my guess. Yeah, we sent them to the wrong one. Ah. Okay, so we go to we go off into the wilderness. Yeah. Towards the cairns, making sure that we're not being followed. Yeah. No worries. Got the lantern with you? No. Forgot it. Damn. Um, <laughs> what lantern? I gave it to Hesty Testbot as a gift. Um, <laughs> you work your way back into the can, and you work your way are. back down to the oh, uh, yes. tomb area with the. Passages, the lanterns, and the sarcophagus. Sarcophagus is pointing up the yellow passageway, and the elevator is at the top of the yellow passageway, and the doors are open. The green lantern is uh, flickering away. All the other lanterns are unlit, and of course the red is missing, but you have it with you. What do you want to do? So, sorry, can we just go through all the lanterns again? Yeah, let's. Let's go through in some detail. <laughs> in, in sequence, if possible. Just to clarify. No, I think we should do it out of sequence. How did we light the non-green lantern? You got torches. There's a little. You open, there's a little yeah. door in the lanterns. So you open it up the little aperture. Torches, and there's a little bracket inside. You just stick a torch in. Yeah. Yeah. And does the red lantern look like it needs a torch, or does it have yeah. whatever the? No, it needs a. It needs a torch. Well, we have one. Um, yeah, I think you'll find you have to cross off eight copper pieces for the torches. So yeah. So what are you doing? Lighting the torches. Hang mm -hmm. up the red one and light all the torches. So you're lighting all the lanterns. Yeah. Okay. As soon as you light the final lantern, doesn't matter which way around you go, nothing happens. Oh, you bugger. Let's point the thing at the red lantern, as it was the hardest one to... Okay. Yes. So you... you I agree with that. Turning it around, now we've got it around it. clockwise, all the way around. Yeah, all the way around. It comes to rest. Turn the sarcophagus to the red. Nothing happens. Am I right in saying, in remembering that the lid of the sarcophagus moved? The lid of the sarcophagus comes off. Yes. Um, in fact, Cuthbert has, Cuthbert has climbed into it. He couldn't yes. find anything. Is it any different okay. now that we've lit all the lanterns? Do you want to try opening it? Yeah. Cuthbert decommissioned the little trap mechanism that was built into the lid. So I'm going to say it's still decommissioned. So you can slide the lid open with no trouble and everything is exactly as it was. Okay. Let's is move there, the... Does it look like on the lid of the sarcophagus that there is a indentation or anything where you might place something? Nothing leaps out at you, no. The, this is the one with the little shield uh, 
brooch thing kind of built into the the body on the top with the glyph for that Hesty told you means the word the name Zosiel, which he said. If, I don't know how many of you were paying any attention at all or recall, but he said that built into the nature of these glyphs in this uh, in the farty language, um, <laughs> the, the language of the wind tubes. <laughs> That there's that there's a, there's a kind of hierarchy built into the nature of the language, and he could tell you that, Zo- that the name is Zosiel, and that built into that uh, sigil is the fact that Zosiel is uh, within whatever frame of reference is being re- referred to by the people that made the inscription. He's the least important uh, person that's mentioned. So it's like this is Zosiel, and he's not very important, is what the glyph says. And right. then the other glyph, the glyph that was on the apparatus that you found, a uh, little um, raised bit at the base of it, was for is for somebody called Ecosiol, and he said that, that that was the most important person. You don't know if that's directly relevant to what you're looking at now, but just so that you have that in your brains. Brains. Have we found that other glyph where? You found it. Uh, there is a little raised little kind of plate on the front of the platform that that broken apparatus was a little bit further back. Right. Yes. Uh, and then the there was another glyph that was on the floor uh, in the room that you clambered down to, down the green sinkhole. And you were going to get Hesty to tell you what that one meant, but you kind of got distracted. Okay. So we're going to go have to go down uh, these other passageways, I'm assuming. It's a question of what you haven't done yet, and where you haven't looked. Yeah. So which ones have we looked down? Red, so far nothing. Orange, nothing. Yellow, elevator. Green, sinkhole. Blue, there's a skeleton at the bottom of the... underneath the lantern, and the shaft that the lantern chain dangles down through, which is the same in all the passageway, seems to carry on further than uh, the others. Indigo, you had another elevator, which you had a look at but didn't go for, and then violet, nothing happened. Just to go back to the blue passageway, yeah. The you're saying that the chain that the thing is hanging on goes up higher than the other passageways. That's right. The the chain, all of them hang from a chain that comes down a shaft that leads up at the end of the little passageway that they're in, and yeah. they all seem to stop after about thirty feet. And you can see the little anchor point where the chain is affixed on all of them, apart from the blue, where it just the chain disappears into darkness. Right, I'm and, going up. Okay. <laughs> fuck it. I'm going to go and climb up the blue chain. Okay, make a... And just before you climb, can I just check... What's the state of the corpse at the bottom? Uh, well, it's a... It's, it's dead. It's a, it's a, it's a skeleton. Crushed. <laughs> yeah, it's experienced some sort of crushing or something trauma. Okay. I'll move aside the bones and lay them to rest. Crushing, is that from one direction or or two directions? Oh, let's, uh, make a medicine check if you have it. Uh, oh, I have medicine. 22. Sessions, you think the trauma is on one side of the uh, body. And with your 22, you think it's falling damage. You think that this thing has fallen from a great height. So he climbed up, slipped, and fell back down again. Quite possibly. Or got pushed at the top. Anyway, let's go back to Cuthbert. Ooh, very clever. Cuthbert is going to attempt a climb check. Mm -hmm. An athletics check. Make your athletics check. 15. How far does it look like he's he's gonna have to climb? What's your vision, Cuthbert? Your do you have dark vision? Yes, he's got dark vision. So you can see that it goes up forty feet rather than thirty feet, and then you can think that it opens out at one side. You get to the top of the chain, and you're looking down a passageway. Ooh! It goes further than your dark vision reveals. 
It extends uh, into shadows to the northeast. Make a perception check. Okay. 13. 13. Okay. You think that those markings at, at the edge of your vision, Cuthbert, they're scratches in the floor. Oh, okay. Oh, this floor tips up, doesn't it? You walk to the end of it and then it tips up to 60 degrees. Something's going on there. You slide back down again and down the pit. Down to pit. That's a full working day, lad. I've got a rope. In terms of where I am, I've just mm -hmm. climbed up this chain. Mm -hmm. Is the chain keep going up? And is it... No, no. Um, at... The shaft is 40 foot tall. So you, now that your feet are level with the floor of the passageway leading off to the northeast, yeah? Yeah. You've got about four feet of chain left before the top. And then there's a and then there's a, uh, a a fixture at the top that the chain is hanging from. Okay, so how high is this passage? Uh, the passage is ten feet high. You could just swing a little bit and step onto the floor. It's not difficult. Okay, what I'm think what I'm saying is that once I'm on the passageway, is mm -hmm. it going to be easier for the people below me to climb up the chain or climb up a rope? So it would be easier with a rope if you ran a rope all the way down to the floor, yes. That's what I'm thinking. Is What mm -hmm. I'll do is I'll tie a rope to the chain mm -hmm. and let it drop all the way down to the floor below. Okay. Yeah. So okay. others yep. can, others yep. can um, follow. And then I'm going to, if I can, swing and get onto the passageway floor. I think also before you proceed... It would be wise to... So you're stepping off. ...put something so that you don't... can't fall back down again. <clears throat> yeah. Floor seems solid, seems perfectly normal. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but maybe something might come rolling along or... Some, something that's going to mean that you're effectively going to have to... run back to the end of the passage and get down that chain. Yeah. Okay. So how high up is that? Well, so the, the shaft goes up 40 feet, so the floor of the passageway is 30 feet above you. And these are scratches. The scratches mm. are at the other end of the corridor from Cuthbert, on the floor. Okay. Uh, well, I'm happy to go up, okay. so I will I will climb the rope. Uh, make a climb check. Um, which is an athletics check. It's an athletics check. I've got a DC in my head. 23. 23 is uh, absolutely aced it. Don't do anything else. Well, I want to step off. Fine. Yeah. What's next? Anybody else want to join them? Yeah, go on. Parker. Um, anyway, you're up. You're in there, Parker. On the way up, mm -hmm. are there any like places where you can tie a rope off on the side? Not really. You could bang a mountaineering python into the yes. stonework. Oh, you don't know how steady that would be. You're, but you're the master, <laughs> master of steadying off. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps, perhaps not the time in the perhaps not the time in the place. Uh, but the, I will try and bang some pitons in on the way up, like a quarter of the way up, half the way up, and three quarters of the way up. Right? Mm -hmm. I will bang in a piton, and I will mm -hmm. tie a rope. Mm -hmm. to the pit on and then tie it to the next pit on halfway up and the next pit on three quarters of the so way up. So you make a sort of loopy, ropey, laddery thing. Yeah, so that okay, it's basically that's... so that if we, a... if we had to yeah. jump off that you've got something to grab onto possibly to break your fall. Give me a give me a dexterity check 
and an intelligence and an intelligence check. In the meantime, while Parker is constructing this thing, anybody down at the bottom want to do anything? Okay. Well, I'm looking at how complex the climb is, being a short, fat halfling, and thinking. Well, you can you you've climbed up from the the sinkhole before. Now you've got a rope that's been dropped down by Cuthbert, which is tied off the chain at the top. Ten for both. Okay, thanks, Parker. Do, do um, you want to? Do you want me? Do, do you want me to lift you up? That could be done. Yeah, I could, you could tie the rope around your waist, and I could just haul you up. Oh, I'm happy to do that. Okay, that's what I'll do. So you do that while Parker is doing it. There's, there's enough room for the two of you to kind of be doing that at the same time. Yeah. So sessions goes up. Okay. And Not what about, very strong. What about Grimbold? Don't tell me. <laughs> He's Johnny asleep. asleep. He's asleep. Johnny. Let's tie the rope round him and carry him up as well. Sure. Okay. <laughs> He's completely asleep. I'm going to ring him on his mobile. So at the top, Mike, while he's doing that, I yeah. think the first thing we should start doing is looking, searching this initial area that we're in. Hello, to I'm sorry, I'm unable to take the call at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're all up. We'll just stow Grimble to one side. No. no. Oh, sorry. Wait, Johnny. <laughs> Johnny, where have you been? Uh, sorry, I did. I did drop off there, but I've got an excuse that I'm jet lagged. <laughs> oh no, fair enough. He is jet lagged. So how long was I out for? A while. Well, it's half past one. <laughs> Johnny, we've been waiting what... here for an hour to sorry resolve this. It. What was the last thing you remember? Um, <laughs> Taipei International Airport, going along the corridor or something at the top. Oh, okay. It's excellent to have you back. It's good to have you back, mate. Yeah, so we're searching on as we go, right? Purple, do you have dark vision? I do have dark vision, yes. So you can see something. The passageway ends in a, an enormous stone human face. And its mouth is open. Yeah. In a kind Doom of horror style. Like angry yeah. scream. And you mm. can see a dark aperture within the mouth. Take <laughs> um, oh, my clothes off. Step into the mouth. Somebody make an intelligence. Well, uh, Burp will make an intelligence check. An intelligence check. Nineteen. The physiology of the face is identical to that of that weird, genderless figure that's in bas relief on the sarcophagus downstairs. Uh huh. Oh, what do you mm. have to do? Stick you your hand feed, in the hole. Feed Maybe. this thing, or...? Okay. Shall I do a detect magic? Yes. I think maybe we want to make sure we don't get blown backwards down the hole. Yes. Well, that's gonna, it's what's going to happen, isn't it? Well, obviously something's going to happen here, so maybe we should tie ourselves off in some way. Mm. Do we need to steady off? I think we should do a lot yeah. of steadying off. Parker's good at that, isn't he? Spend ten minutes steadying off. Shall we steady off before we go on? Or do you want to steady off a bit later? No, I think we just steady off now. Okay. As a, gr as a group. As a group. We're going to steady off together. Yeah. Okay. Get it out of uh, your system. Well, hang on. So the range, the, the range of the detect magic um, is 30 feet. Is that oh, right? Am I at the top of the passage? 
You're on the yes. Yes, you're on the top of the. Right, can I shelf. go back down? I. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's too scary. Sorry, it, it's a bit of. It, it's such an obvious trap. Huh? I'm going to move. I'm going to move to there. So mm. Burple's walking up further up the passageway, and Grimbold is climbing slowly, ever so slowly, to the bottom of the checking. chain. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you're climbing back down, uh, Grimbold, right? Yes. Okay. But then I'm stepping out. I'm, I'm, going, I'm not stopping at the very bottom of the chain in case anything falls on top of me. No. So you're stepping back out into the passageway a bit. Yeah, about ten foot. Okay. Um, what was your perception check? My intelligence was nineteen. Intelligence was to, to so you determined that it's the same. Yes. The, the physiology is the same, and then you said yeah. that you're carefully inspecting, looking in front of you. So can you give me a? Oh, I see. Right. So you wisdom perception it. check. I'm gonna tie myself to the five. Chain. Five. Okay. No, everything, yes. looks, everything looks just as scary as before. And okay. sessions, you're tied off at the top of the chain. Yep. I'm tying to the chain as well. Okay. So you've got a rope that was attached to the chain. Yeah. The rope attached to the chain has now got a loop running round sessions and a loop running round uh, Cuthbert. Yeah. Sessions is at, um, sorry, Grimbold is at the, has clambered back down and uh, Parker is clinging onto his kind of rope construction. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Burple is up the passageway. Burple's right up his old passage. Yeah, I've gone up the passage and uh, <clears> up the rear passage. No, so the rope, <laughs> rope construction I made is uh-huh. like on its stands on its own. Yeah, but so you are you not? I'm just trying to establish. Are you holding on to anything? No, I'm not going. I'm not holding on to anything. I'm going to go up to where Purple is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to okay. be tied independently to the chain and be next to the hull. Uh, can you give me a wisdom perception check, please, Parker? Twenty-one. Okay, twenty-one, Parker. You notice something. You notice that there's an area of floor just in front of the uh, face that mm-hmm. looks unusual. Mm-hmm. I mean, I notice it's got some very strange scratch marks on it, which are all which are basically going. Yeah, that's basically someone being blown away, trying to trying to not be blown away, mm. scratching the floor. Does it look like it's separate or it's movable or something? It looks like it's delineated from the rest of the floor. You're looking at something okay, as maybe... if it could sort of it's a pressure pad. It could be something like that. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do a detect magic, which has a thirty foot range or thirty foot area. Here we are. Yeah. Uh, we should cover the face and all the area up to it. For the duration, you sense the presence of magic within 30 feet of you. If you sense magic in this way, you can use your action to see a faint aura around any visible creature or object in the area that bears magic, which is what I will do. And you learn its school of magic, if any. Yeah, okay. There is a, a faint... Well, there's, a, there's an aura around the, the face. Right. Uh, and it has an evocation aura, and it has an an enchantment aura. An enchantment aura. An enchantment aura. Yep. Okay, so the evocation is going to be gust of wind. Yeah. Uh, the enchantment. So the trigger is the floor. The mouth blows you away. What's the enchantment do? Well, it's the enchantment for the trigger. Give me another perception check, uh, Dan. Cliff. While you're staring at the, the face like that. 
I'm not, I'm not staring. I'm analyzing. Okay, so perception check. Uh, nine. You're drawn forward. No, nine's mm. all right. Nine's all right. Let me see if that's done anything. You can oh. see that through the mouth, now that you're close enough, that darkness, you can see that there is actually something past there. It looks like there's uh, an, a kind of uh, an area, a kind of it opens out, and there's some kind of beam or strut or something at floor level uh, leading away to the northeast, kind of a continuation. Looks like it basically opens out into nothing, but with a little beam leading off. Hang on. So, so is the beam like a tube, or is the beam? Is the be- does the beam go directly to the mouth, or does it go sort of? It starts on the other side. It, it starts on the other side of the mouth at the at floor level. So, oh, I see. If you stepped through the mouth, where you yes. want to do something like that, how big is the mouth to, opening? Then it's big enough for you to kind of you know, duck your head down, and and you could you could squooge squooge through. All right. So, so I think it's probably safe to go another ten foot, maybe. Well, we can go. So does oh, okay. this mean that you can step over that? Yeah, there's this little area that you could you could get over it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Very nerve wracking. I will yes. step over it. I'm standing to the side mm-hmm. just to see if anything happens, and then I'm going to look through the aperture from the side. So through the gaping mouth, there's a long. It looks like you're looking at a long dark room with no floor. There's a three-foot-wide beam of petrified wood that sort of sets off, spanning this chasm, whatever it is, mm-hmm. leading straight ahead into the darkness. And you can kind of see from your angle, because you can look down a bit, ten feet below this beam, there are countless iron spheres the size of large oranges, grapefruit, something like that, uh, that seem to form a kind of weird, irregular floor. But it's impossible to tell if they're a kind of a fully solid surface or whatever. Uh, the walls, the northwest and southeast walls, so these are the walls to either side of you, are covered in a honeycomb of geometric patterns, not unlike the geometric patterns that you've seen earlier in the cairn, but seem very damaged and kind of worn away by the ravages of time or damage or something. Uh, and then the ceiling, if you look up, is 20 foot up so you're in a 10 foot corridor but the ceiling lifts so that you can you can put your head down look through and up and see the ceiling is 20 foot up above you on the other side of the mouth oh all very so, frightening okay a bizarre soft play and it, it obviously extends further than we can see it extends a little bit further than you can see yeah okay well i will move up as well that so narrow then. bridge thing is going to be a nightmare to walk along isn't it yeah, how difficult but, does it look? Uh, it doesn't look impossible. It looks. It's, you said it's petrified yeah, it, wood. It's not very. It's not going to be very it's strong. A bit like petrified it? wood. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure it's not the getting knocked off it that you should be worried about. Dan, give me another. Uh, give me another perception check. Now that you're kind of peering in. Can I do a perception check as well? Six. Yes, perception is not my strong point. Okay, fine. 19. Wind. 19 from Parker. Ni- uh, Parker, you realise you can hear something. You can hear something coming from down on the other side of the mouth. You can almost like the the little 
metallic spheres are moving around or something's disturbing mm. something like that <laughs> it gets better right, so, so, so allow me to summarize being there tied is... to the chain is much safer <laughs> yeah so allow me to summarize basically having stepped over the trigger for the nasty wind trap that blows you through the hole to your death mm-hmm. potentially you can squeeze your way through a mouth in an alien face onto a petrified beam that doesn't look very strong which spans a chasm filled with metal orange sized balls which are moving around being disturbed by something and there are basically (laughs) or their eggs yes And then describe the walls again. So there's... the walls are honeycombed with these patterns. Patterns like uh, earlier in the can. This this um, petrified wood beam is mm-hmm. about three foot wide. Right. So yeah. So we're still talking. We're still talking a sort of uh, athletics, acrobatics well, type. You no, know, three foot. You could walk. Three foot. As no, long no, as you but, were... but, no, no. I'm talking about when the bad stuff starts to happen when you're halfway across and you can't get to it. Anyway. That, mm-hmm. That's that yeah, exactly. speculation that I can't no. get into. <laughs> I mean, I haven't read this room yet, so I don't know what's going to happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> what's going to happen to you? I like that. Do we really want to go in there? Do I want to risk everything? Well, we don't even know what's in here. It's just a sort of exploration. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what's in there. It's it's you reward. Don't, I mean, you've certainly Treasure. found something. But um, okay, this something okay. this something has obviously been here all the time you've been here. Yeah, but, but you don't know whether or not it relates to the lanterns, or I mean, you. Yeah, okay. like I said, the face is the same as the guy on the two. I'm going to cast a light spell on a crossbow bolt and mm-hmm. fire it down the down the end of the room. Okay, I like. Let's see if I can see. Yeah, boing. Yeah, got it. Okay. Tell me a ledge at the other end. Minigun. It's basically someone with a gun, gun cannon. <laughs> Grease cannon. There's a door in the wall at the other end. Right. Uh. It's made of metal. Marvellous. Uh, it looks odd. Have you still got your Detect Magic running? Yes. It has an abjuration aura, and it is magical. <sighs> so, so basically, even if I were to be able to get to the other end, it's basically going to blow me up as soon as I get there. Let me just check that aura for you, because I don't want to mislead you. I mean, I do want to mislead you, but I think it was just because, <laughs> because we're recording it. Yeah. Brilliant. No, it's a transmutation aura. Very sorry. Okay, so uh, the next thing is I'm going to take another crossbow bolt and fire it at the metal balls. Uh, are you sure that's a wise idea? I mean, I'm assuming that your crossbow bolt is pong. It's not pierced this metal door, so it's thudded into the stonework at the end. And yeah. then your crossbow bolt with it, well, your original light spell is dispelled when you cast it on the next crossbow bolt. Yeah. You fire it down into the balls, and you can see them just lying there, ten feet below you. Mm. They're just lying there it's like a kind of it's like a soft play area <laughs> from the mouth from the mind of a madman do they seem really deep impossible to tell how far they go down but they um they fully cover the floor they fully cover the you floor you can't yeah. see the floor no 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 sinking into a metal ball thing so transmutation yeah does that mean it's not i mean it would be illusion if it's not a door so it's if it's a if it's Transmutation could be lock, wizard lock, or something like that. Could it? Could be. I don't know. 
Okay, so so basically, it, it potentially could get to the other. What do we want to do? Do we want to check them all out first, or, or what? Do we no, want to no, do? do this one. Okay, uh, where are you, Graham? Do you want to move up and then? then you yeah, can, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, you I'll can do this up. one. I don't mind moving up. I'll move up. Okay, I'll I'll uh, step back Perfect. over the thing back here so Graham can uh, can do the room. What you mean you're going to crawl through, Graham? I no, but I'm going to be up there so that we can crawl through. <laughs> what does that mean? Quite the same yeah, what does that mean? I, mean? I was wondering, you're going to be brave, Graham. Yeah, I'm yeah, in due course. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. This is this is. Uh, are you going to be brave? Echoing up from down below. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> are we sure this is the right time to do this room? I'm just wondering whether yeah. we're thinking this isn't. I mean, is this is this for second level characters or is this? come back later when we've got a few more so alright I'm going to go back up here if Graham's going to be a wuss yeah. and just stand there okay yeah. Mike I'm going to take out my rope I'm going yes. to tie a loop around my waist and I'm going yeah. to crawl through the mouth and then I'm going to tie another loop around the Works floor every time. around the, the wooden beam there you go yes absolutely I understand mm. and then what are you going to do so you're going to step through um, and so then I'm going to inch my way across the beam. Yeah. Yeah. Detecting magic as I go, trying to spot threats coming from either wall and below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Moving silently, yeah. hiding in shadow. I'm <laughs> casting guidance on myself. Dan, are we holding on to the rope at the other end? Uh, yeah. So it's there's like a figure of eight. There's, can... a bit, there's a bit around my waist. There's a bit around the, the beam. So yeah. if it, you know, and then it, the the trailing end is going out through the mouth, which right, you want so us to hold. You, yes. Yeah. I will endeavour to use my eight strength to help. I think I'm going to come up. I'm going to undo the uh, rope around the chain. I'm going to make my way up. Okay. So, uh, purple. As soon as you step or sidle into that little bit of the beam. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everyone's having a good look to see what happens. Nothing happens. <laughs> Fucker. But the next square... Yeah, but the next one is where it really happens. Yeah. Okay, I will sidle uh, another... What, while you sidle, how um, how robust does that bridge feel? Yeah, how, does, how robust does that bridge feel? Uh, make an intelligence check. Intelligence is a 10. But it feels solid. Difficult to be 100% certain that you could put, like, you know... A double decker bus on it, yeah. uh, but you don't feel like uh, you it, you don't feel vulnerable, and well, not not because of the strength of the thing, anyway. Okay, another five foot. Another five foot. Okay. Only the penitent man shall pass. Yeah, yeah. Um, Choose wisely. Okay, okay. I don't like this. Another five foot is all going to kick off. All right, I'll go another five foot. I don't have a choice, do I? Another five foot. Uh, no, you're absolutely fine. Ooh. Can I follow? Sure. Ooh. Yeah. And then uh, you follow on, and Dan steps to there. And when Burple slides his way onto that next square, stuff happens. Mm -hmm. uh, balls fire at you from the walls. Little apertures open. And a hail of balls fire at you. Uh, Apple size, orange size metal ball. Yeah, softball size. Uh, balls fire at you uh, and 
we'll pick it up next time. Thanks, guys. We'll see what happens next. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens next week. <laughs> okay, guys, that was great. Thanks very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Pick it up the, with the ball with the Dan being shot out by balls. Dan playing with his balls. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Dan straddling a shaft being shot out by balls. <laughs> The Billowing Hilltop Podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. The Whispering Can and The Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. The Whispering Can was written by Eric Mona. Music is from Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.